The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, ladies and gents. Welcome back into the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Before GP and I get into the meat of this episode, a reminder, we are auctioning off not just one, but two bonus episodes. If you are watching on YouTube right now, you are seeing the eBay link come up. That is where you need to go. If you're watching this, look down below in the description. If you are listening on your phone, go to the podcast description. Also, find my Twitter account, at Matt Norlander, at Gary Parish CBS, at I on CBB Podcast, even the at CBS Sports CBB social media account. We will share this eBay link frequently we are giving you a 20-second episode. The details of why it wasn't just one bonus episode, but two have been, well, previously detailed on an earlier episode. I won't bore you with that. But please go and bid. If you are a fan of a Division One school that has not already been highlighted or will be highlighted in our Summer Shootaround series, you are going to get the bonus episode. Oklahoma, congratulations, won the first bonus episode. This second auction which can only be one at the eBay link in the description will go up. It will be the very last summer shoot around that we do Oklahoma one for 500. I want to try and double that. I want to get it to at least a thousand rally your friends. If you can be from the biggest school we haven't talked about to literally a low major and a one bid league in the middle of nowhere. We, if you win it, we're talking about you. That's a reminder. Rally your friends. The auction ends August 20. August 25th, you have between now and then to win your episode. We appreciate all the love and support. We got a mailbag episode coming soon. Send all of your suggestions to that. Shouts to CBS at gmail.com. And now let's get to the show. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You you have consent. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Also do that while you're here. Let's get into it. Today we are continuing our summer shoot-around series that we're going to be doing over a seven-week span. We've already published episodes on Arizona, Arkansas, Baylor, Connecticut, Creighton, Duke, Florida Atlantic, Gonzaga, Houston, Kansas, Kentucky, Marquette, and Miami. We're working in alphabetical order, so now we're turning our attention to 
Michigan State. Tom Izzo Spartans, 21 and 13 last season, 11 and 8 in the Big Ten. Only played 19 league games because one game was canceled after a school shooting. So that 11 and 8 league record represented a tie for, for second in the loss column of the Big Ten standings. Michigan State lost to Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament opener for them. Then the Spartans got a seven seed in the NCAA tournament, beat USC and Marquette to advance to the Sweet 16 where they lost to Kansas State 98-93 in overtime. Epic game. Inside Madison Square Garden. Shouts to Jerome Tang. More of us. Five of the top six scores from that team are back. And that's why I've got Michigan State ranked fifth in the top 25 and one. We'll see what Norlander thinks about that next. But first, a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Deadleg. What do we got? Michigan State as a preseason top five team. What's on the table? Do you believe it? Ooh. Or are you not buying it? Okay. <laughs> I'm running out you know, of in all, in all seriousness, I had, you know, kids were just outrageous today. Um, I was going to look up a couple of words and have it ready for you. Don't have that. So we'll look for that. Um, I'm going to need your help. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all seven weeks by myself. In, in an episode to come. Um, Michigan State. Been waiting on this episode for a while, as I'm sure many in Sparty Nation have been as well. What do we make of this team? Because it is, I think it has reached the point in the offseason where Michigan State is considered a near universal pick to be the number two team in the Big Ten. And that's if you want to put Purdue number one, which I think is rational and reasonable at this point. We will get to Purdue on a future shoot-around episode. Um, but whether or not you believe that, whatever. If you think it should be Michigan State, one, or sure. But um, I think it's got a good chance. And the biggest reason why is this, and GP will run down the roster as he does on all these shoot-around episodes. But I was looking into everyone that came back, and they're going to have a really good three-guard attack. But they've got four seniors four seniors here or four seniors or super seniors, four players that have logged at least four years of college or more. Okay. And with that, you've got Tyson Walker who should be in, you know, one of the five to 10 best players, probably in the big 10 Malik Hall, who at times is sometimes the best player and sometimes the fifth best player. Uh, Madi Sissoko is back as well. And AJ Hogard. This is the only time in Tom Izzo's career as a head coach, the only time where he will be running a program that will see 
four seniors starting, or if for whatever reason one of these guys winds up not being a starting, four of the six players logging the most minutes on this team will be seniors or super seniors. That has never happened. Somewhat shockingly, has never been the case with four since Izzo has been at Michigan State. And so because of that, I'm of two minds on this. This core, if you will, has not, you know, succeeded and 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 really uh, had uh, you know outright tremendous regular seasons to this point. The last time Michigan State was able to log, you know, north of uh, 22 wins in a regular season was 2018, 2019. This core wasn't there. It's been good. Obviously, they make the tournament every year, and they played in again the best tournament game of last year. GP, I was there at the Garden. It was incredible. And and hell, you know what? If they beat K State. Maybe Tom Izzo gets one over on Dusty May, and we're talking about Izzo going to a ninth Final Four. But that didn't happen. Nevertheless, they make it to the Sweet 16. But this group hasn't shown itself to be that just yet over the course of a regular season. Now, there have been injury issues, of course. But maybe because it is Izzo, because it is Michigan State, they've got a good freshman class, which we'll get to, maybe it is their time to truly mature and take that big jump to be a top-two team in the Big Ten, to be a top 10 level team in the country. But every so often we do have these teams that they stick together, which ideally is a good thing. We just have not seen this team be in my estimation, a top 10 team at its core. The question is, will it be that? I think it's got a good chance. Uh, and Izzo will have something to play with here that he's ever had before. He has never relied on this many fourth year and fifth year players in his history as a head coach. And that obviously you would think should probably be an advantageous thing. I did not know that. That does surprise me. Um, you you think of him as running a program that relies more heavily on older guys than, say, the Dukes and Kentuckys of the modern era. So um, he's had older guys before, but as you uh, usually pointed out, two or three, yeah, but never yeah, been four. Yeah, it's never that. been this. He's never had this many older guys. It's the classic question we ask about somebody every year. Can you? Because they were good last year, but just good. Do you remember we never talked about them? And I made this point one time. Uh, my buddy Commander King brought it up. He said, uh, God, you guys, have, I haven't heard you talk about Michigan State all year. Yeah. And I just thought that was interesting because it's Michigan State. It's Tom Izzo. And as I started thinking through, okay, why are we not talking about them? The answer was because they weren't great enough to be a true national story. And they weren't a disaster enough to be a national story. Like, you, what do you spend a lot of time talking about last season? Um it's whoever was oh it's Purdue is amazing right that's that's all year long every week all year long and then uh Kentucky's a disappointment Carolina is a fire fire we'll get yeah. to Carolina on our next yeah. shit run episode stuff like that yeah yeah so it's like who is great and who is supposed to be great but is really bad and then everything in the middle kind of gets lost and Michigan State just stayed in the middle all year really until they made the Sweet 16 they finished 26th at Ken Palm so to your point. It's a nice core. It's a talented core. But can these guys go from being good to great? Because that's what you're asking them to do. You finish 26 at Ken Palm. Basically, everybody's back except Joey Hauser. Can you be great? We'll see. Um, but it is interesting to me. Uh, I meant, uh, you know, I, I've, caught, I've got Florida Atlantic as, I believe, fourth in the top 25 and one, and Michigan State fifth in the top 25 and one. And I'll get a lot of pushback on Florida Atlantic, a whole bunch. Nobody's tweeted me one time about Michigan State, except to say maybe I have them underrated. Florida Atlantic finished 17th at Kempom, brings back every starter, and I have them fourth. And people think that's crazy. Michigan State finished 26th at Kempom, 
brings back four starters, but not five. I have them fifth in the top 25 and one, and everybody thinks that's completely reasonable. And that's just a perception thing. I get it. It's the Florida yeah. name. It doesn't make sense. But that'll be the big question for Michigan State. Can you go from being good to being great? And I should say, it's worth pointing out, it's not just they're bringing these guys back. So they they do have new additions, and one of them is Xavier Booker, uh, a five-star freshman ranked 11th in the class of 2023. That's a little bit like, um, if you remember Memphis in 2007, 2008, they brought back four starters from a elite eight team and then added a five-star freshman in Derrick Rose. And then they took off. I was about to say it. If you did, first of all, he's a six ten center, but, yeah. and, okay. but and, I, and Derrick Rose I, was the best player in his class. Basically. I was about to say it. If you didn't, he's not Derrick Rose, but this is similar in the sense that you've got a nice core of veterans that did go to the sweet 16. And now you're adding a five-star freshman with them. Let's see what happens. I think they're going to be good. I, obviously if I didn't, I wouldn't have them in the top five, but they're going to have to be, they have to go from good to great. And that, that's the challenge. I, I think they'll meet it, but nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, they got to make the jump. And uh, one school, we did this a couple times last offseason when we did our uh, off uh, summer shoot-arounds. And I just remember Creighton specifically that's being the one. one. That's the Creighton one. was 50th, and then I had skepticism Creighton would be a top-10 team. Uh, lo and behold, they they finished 12th at Ken Palm. And they were, they were uh, you know, a play away from making the Final Four. And they got they were a sixth seed. So they were not a top-10 team, but they were reasonably in that 12-15 to 15 discussion. Here's the thing on Michigan State. Uh, just for a little, like, you know, Broaden that out just a little bit more. You mentioned 26 at Kempom. It, it was across the board. They were that kind of level team. They were 29th in the Massey composite. Massey itself, they were 24th. 26th at EvanMia.com. 25th at Torvik. 22nd at Sagarin. They were a good team. Can they make that jump? And part of this will obviously be the league they are in and how they position themselves and are able to, uh, to get wins. Of course, we will get to the schedule at the end of this show. Uh, I think they can do it. But I think we should at least be a bit more receptive to the possibility that the Big Ten last year, uh, I, I, uh, I know I brought it up on a couple of shows because I tweeted it out. It was Purdue, everyone else, and then Minnesota. <laughs> Maybe it will be Purdue, everyone else, and then Minnesota again. I don't know. Maybe Ben Johnson's got it rolling. The Golden Gophers will wind up you know, 9th, 10th, or 11th in the league. We'll see on that. Uh, there's a chance that Michigan State, in my opinion, and it's it's a non-zero and a healthy non-zero chance that maybe Sparty finishes you know, third, fourth or fifth. That would not be a stunner. And it wouldn't mean that Michigan State wasn't capable of getting to another second weekend. Wouldn't mean that Michigan State w- isn't even necessarily a top 20 team. You could there could be a, a, a scenario where the Big Ten really gets its act together. And we look up in the first week of January and we look at the AP top 25 and Michigan State is one of five teams from the Big Ten that's ranked. I think that's entirely reasonable. I think it's a good thing, most of all, that they've got three guys coming back who can be playmakers, have the ball in their hands and be relatively reliable. Jaden Akins is a big name to know. I think that he is going to have a very big year. Tyson Walker will be expected to be the best player. This kind of leads me to my next thing and then take it away with the, with all other things people should know about the roster. The thing with Michigan State, and I don't know if this was holding them back or not. I don't know who the alpha is. Who is who's the guy? Is it A.J. Hogard? Because sometimes it can be him. Will it be Akins? I know it can be Walker on plenty of nights. Malik Hall could be one of those guys. I don't think it'll be Sissoko on most. Is Xavier Bicker going to come in and steal the spotlight for three or four games this season? I don't know if this team absolutely needs to have the guy, the guy. I guess it's maybe Tyson Walker, but I'm not sold on him being... You know, um, 
second, third team All-American level player just yet. Might be able to get there, but I don't know who the number one there is. And if they win by committee and it's a different player each night, sometimes that can work, but sometimes that can institute a ceiling on a team. And I wonder if Michigan State might have that situation this season. If Michigan State has All-American. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I would bet that it is Tyson Walker. He should be that guy. He's a fifth-year player now. He's little, but, I mean, he averaged 14.8 points per game last season. Shot 41.5% from three on 4.2 attempts per game. 80% from the line. Uh, I'll keep it simple. If Michigan State is actually a top-five team, like we look up in into February and it's like, yeah, that's one of the five best teams in the country. They're in contention for a top-two seed, and Tyson Walker is having a similar year to last season, but let's say slightly better because it should be. He'll be, he'll be a... He'll be an All-American, first, second, third team. He'll be an All-American. Um, uh, as you know, as somebody who uh, thinks about this and votes on this stuff, your team success does matter. And, and uh, you know, if he's the best player on a top-five team, that, that's usually uh, we're going to find a spot on an All-American team for you. So I would assume the guy's Tyson Walker, but I like all three of the guards. You mentioned the three-guard lineup. Uh, Jaden Walker has, you know, he averaged 9.8 points per game last season, shot 42.2% from three on 3.9 attempts per game. And then there's AJ Hogard. He's a fourth year player, 13 points per game last season. He's kind of the, 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 the non-shooter of the group. He was below 33% from three. And he does have a, you know, pretty high turnover rate of 18.7. So he's flawed in some ways. Um, but, all those guys are old and accomplished, and at least two of the three are reliable three-point shooters. You start them at the one, two, three, go Malik Hall at the four, Xavier Booker at the five. That's a pretty nice starting lineup. I'm always – it's interesting with freshman centers because they are usually – there's like a handful, maybe one or two that are great, and then it can take a while for the other ones – to, to you know the, the the other guys sometimes need like a second year you saw this with Derek lively a little bit last season he took him a little while to get comfortable and I should say like Xavier Booker is not Derek lively either but you know if you tell me he can be one of the best freshman bigs in the country those other four guys are proven and reliable uh, I, I think Booker in many ways is the X factor here like what are you getting from him because I think I know what I'm going to get from the other four guys in the starting lineup assuming that's the starting lineup Booker's the X factor but if he's one of the best freshman bigs in the country 
then then yeah, Tom Izzo is going to have one of the best teams in the country. Keep an eye on if so. Walker and Aikens were both you know north of forty percent from three last season, and let's just say that they're going to do that again, and and hopefully they can. Maybe Hogard can bump up from you know thirty three percent into that thirty five, thirty six, thirty seventh percentile. If they if they can do that, uh, because it's Izzo. It, it, I'm I'm wondering how much burn Jackson Kohler will get. He needs to make a jump as a sophomore. He's a he's a big now. He's a, a little bit of a different big, and he's a good passing big. Uh, Carson Cooper has to make a jump as a sophomore. He was a six eleven guy. I'm with you. It should be Booker, but I wonder how they're going to work their bigs because they have they have plenty of of guard play. I mean, Jeremy Fears is another guy that's coming out of the Juliet Chicago area. Booker's out of Indianapolis, and he's a six foot freshman. And I don't know how much playing time he will or won't get but I, I i think he's going to have a chance to at least get some burn and this uh this cohen Carr freshman six seven apparently like a plus 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 athlete as well so i think they're gonna have the opportunity to give you a variety of different kind of looks um i don't know how ultra reliable the bigs are but i feel like michigan state can go small can go four guard if you need them to or maybe they get to a point where they can play a couple of athletic wings with the, with the big depending on where they're at i'll also note this on the roster stuff michigan state is just like marquette fau and duke and how are they like those three teams gp marquette fau and duke why is michigan state like them marquette fau and duke fau and duke all return three double digit scores all did not go to the portal to enhance their roster. So, and, that, and they didn't go to the portal. That's also true. So while this tactic is not popular, we do have four teams in the top 10 conversation that did not utilize the portal to, in theory, get stronger. So it's it's still a tactic out there for some. And the, the and, variety of coaches you have there, you've got Izzo, who's a, who's a grizzled vet, Shaka Smart, uh, in the middle of his career, and then Dusty May, only in his sixth season, Shire in year number two, uh, and a variety of different programs from different leagues. I found that to be intriguing. The, 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 the explanation there, I think, and you could talk to Dusty and Shaka and Tom about this, but it's like, because I've talked to other coaches about this, I want to be clear, not them specifically, but other coaches about this. Um who was the big transfer in the portal last year? Marcus Carr, was he in there? He was one of the big ones. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I I was talking to one coach, and he was like, listen, I think we could have got in there with Marcus Carr. Like, we probably wouldn't have got him, but we had had a chance. But we didn't even pursue it because I was bringing back, like, my starting backcourt. And those guys like each other. Mm -hmm. They play well together. They believe in each other. And I just felt like if I went into the portal and grabbed somebody who's going to disrupt that, relationship or the, the playing time of those it was it, it's not like Marcus Carr is great but I feel like I do damage to my locker room I feel like I do you know you tell these young people you know you, yeah, hey if you come back you're good you know then it's I know your backcourt mates coming back and we're going to return four starters and and you you tell them all this in March and April and then they come back and then you go in July and add a Marcus Carr and you're just going to have it's it has the potential for chemistry problems. Now, obviously, he then goes to Texas, and it's fine, right? It worked. Yeah. He won, won a lot of games. But I've, I've had coaches tell me I'm hesitant to go into the portal and grab a projected starter who's going to push a projected starter to the bench because it can mess up your team. And the thing that Florida Atlantic, Marquette, and Duke all have in common and Michigan State all have in common, mm-hmm. they bring them back a lot of starters. And they bring guards, back a, at courts, like A lot of guys who – 
started a lot of games last year and played a lot of minutes. And if you if you start recruiting over them through the portal, it can be a thing that that causes you problems. And I bet you the reason any of those guys didn't get into the portal isn't because they don't see value in it. It's because it's like, I like what I've got coming back and I don't really want to mess with that too much. Agreed. Uh, you got any more thoughts before we get to the schedule? Um, I just think it, it sort of gets glossed over. You mentioned earlier, like they were good. They went to the NCAA tournament. They always go to the NCAA tournament. It's 25 straight years now. Mm-hmm. 25. I should say 25 straight NCAA tournaments because I don't know if you heard 2020. I heard it. We didn't have a tournament. I know. I'm aware. Isn't that something? I'm aware. Isn't that something? So, but he's been to 25 straight NCAA tournaments. And that's that's the record. Right now, Kansas, yes. that's a record for a coach. Kansas is the most straight, but hasn't had the same coach. Yeah. 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 Kansas has been at 33 straight with Roy Williams and Bill Self. Gonzaga, 24 straight, but that's Dan Monson and Mark Few. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, 25 straight. It's only Tom Izzo. That's incredible. Coach K went 24 straight from 96 to 2019. And then we had no tournament in 2020. I don't know if you heard about that. Mm -hmm. And then he went 13 and 11 in 2021 and missed the tournament despite winning the last game of the season. (laughs) It's all weird. And finishing 36th at Ken Palm. Like they were one of the highest ranked teams at Ken Palm left out of the field. And they didn't continue in the ACC tournament because they had a player pop positive and they just they ended the season right there. So that is actually what broke Coach K's streak. So now Tom Izzo at 25, um, that's the that's the active record for an individual coach. And how about this? Let me trivia time you. Trivia, right. trivia time. Go. Tom Izzo has made 25 straight NCAA tournaments. How many times has he been a double-digit seed? That's a good one. Um, it's uh, I'll say of the 25... I'll say that MSU has been on the double-digit line five times. Only three. Get out of here. Two thousand two. Two of those are in the past six seasons, I think. Uh, two thousand two. Nope. There was a ten seed. Two thousand eleven, ten seed. Yeah. And then two thousand twenty-one, yeah. eleven seed. I believe that's when they were in the first four. It was. They that was first four. So it's about seven. every. It's about every ten years. He'll 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 struggle and only get a double-digit seed. Yeah. But um. On average, the average seed in these 25 appearances, 5.2. He's had more number one seeds, four, than double-digit seeds, three. Stuff right there. It's remarkable. He's in the Hall of Fame. Here is the schedule for Michigan State. We don't have the... Uh, the schedule hasn't been out and out released, but they only have four games of the non-con. Everything else is a bye game. They play, and actually, uh, just because I guess this is the way that breaks this year, Tom Izzo, and I, I, I didn't have time to look this up. Uh, if you are an intrepid Michigan State fan, I'd be curious to know the last time or how frequently, how frequently uh, since literally Tom Izzo got the job, he has a non-con that doesn't include a road game. Um, that's what we have here because they play Duke in Chicago for the Champions Classic. They've got Arizona in Palm Springs, Two quality games, of course. They get Butler at home in the Gavit games. Um, that seems... I don't know why that was the case, uh, but whatever. They get but- Michigan State draws Butler. One of the best teams draws, theoretically, maybe maybe we'll be wrong about Butler, but you know, maybe one of the four bottom teams in the Big East. And then they have Baylor in Detroit. So those are the four big non-league games. They'll play seven by games. And then the Big Ten, here's the rotation. Only at home against Iowa, Ohio State, and Rutgers only on the road 
against Indiana. They're going to walk into Pinnacle and per- and Purdue, which Tom Izzo at Purdue, I think he's won like three times ever there. I'm probably exaggerating that, but he that has been a house of horrors for Michigan State, particularly in the past decade plus. And then they've got home and away against the Illini, the Terps, Wolverines, Gophers, Northwestern, Nits, and the Badgers. So that being said, last time Michigan State won more than 22 games in regular season was 2018-19. I'm going to set the over-under at 23.5, considering, again, Duke, Zona, Baylor, non-con. It is the Big Ten. They do have to play on the road against the likes of potential tournament teams in Wisconsin, Maryland, Illinois, Indiana, Purdue. There can be some others in there. We'll see about that. Over, under 23 and a half. Where are you going? I'm going to give them one non-league loss. Ooh, Only I, I one. For sure we're giving them two. Only one. Okay. Who's it going to be? Let's have a little fun. Duke? You've got Duke rated above them. No, Arizona. It'll Duke. Yeah, it'll be Duke. They'll lose to Duke in the Champions Classic. I don't know. Although, you know, Coach K's not there anymore. I don't know if you heard it's about not, that. About, yeah, talk about uh, the history there. Maybe it all starts to turn around for Izzo against uh, Oh, Duke. Tom Izzo's going to take all his Coach K beatings out on John Chire. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's it. the case. We'll see. Yep. I would assume it's the Duke game, right? But I don't know. Uh, I'll give him one non-league loss. And then I'll give him... Let's go 14 and six in the Big Ten. That's seven losses, 31 minus seven, 24. I'm flying over. Oh, what's my final four table looking like now? Spartans don't fly. Uh, yes, we do, do have the same number, but we have it. We're getting there different. So I'll got, I've got two non league losses, and I'll, I'll have to, I'll talk the talk and walk the walk here. I'll say they get picked off by, I'll say they get picked off by Duke and Zona, and then they, then they, then they settle in and they, uh, they, they get, they get, business taking care of near home against Baylor. And then five, I got him 15 and five. So I'll say the five losses come at IU at Purdue. Um, and then some combo of three. So let's just say uh, one against Illinois, one against Maryland, one against Wisconsin. That is, so we are even here, 24 and seven. I almost went 23 and eight, but I was like, eh, I'll take the over on this one. So we both have Sparty going 24 and seven. And I, you know, to wrap this up, I do think having this core in place is going to pay off. And while, you know, we could get a hop on a podcast with MSU having lost against Duke and Arizona. And and so in that moment, they won't be rated in the top 15 in the poll. But someone remind me then if it does happen that we talked about that very scenario coming to pass. And then they just studied themselves like they always do. Maybe they get their act together. And and with this at 15 and five, I I have decided (laughs) I've decided so it shall be. So it is that uh, MSU will be the second best team and finish second in the Big Ten next season. You mentioned earlier that last year it felt like Purdue, everybody else, then Minnesota. If you go by Bart Torvik's preseason rankings right now, it, it's it's um, it's close to that again. Purdue at number one. Preseason number one, by the way, that Bart Torvik is, is Purdue, which makes total sense to me. Like if I were to do that, it, 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 my mentions would be outrageous but it makes total sense Purdue at one Michigan State at eight and then no other Big Ten teams until Illinois at 29 and then you have Illinois Indiana Wisconsin Northwestern Maryland Ohio State Iowa Nebraska Michigan and Rutgers all between 29 and 58 I mean you could basically put those in any order and then you get Minnesota at 131 and Penn State at 147 so according to Torvik's preseason rankings it is basically Purdue and Michigan State fighting for the top two spots 
Then Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Maryland, Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan, Rutgers fighting through the middle. And then Big Gap, Minnesota, Penn State. That's the Big Ten. And that's the show. Shouts to David Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for watching, listening to Eye on College Basketball Podcast. You're not subscribed anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Please go do that. Spotify, Apple. You can subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Rate it. Review it. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments, so make sure to do that. We will uh, talk to you again real soon. Next up, oh, it's a good one. It's the North Carolina Tar Heels. Till then, take care. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 